0: Mira la izquierda. Mira la derecha. ¿Qué ves? ¿Dónde estás? In a world that seems to change daily, what will you do next? Welcome to the Next Steps show with Peter Vesquez and co-host Aisha Kreutz. A starting point for discussion y un poco de dirección. Bienvenido al show with a mission to educate, para educar, to unite, para unir. Y it said, Synergy, Sister, what's that in English? I don't know. Oh, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here to create some synergy. Because apparently Aisha goes to, on vacation and forgets what synergy is. You're supposed to come back more synergized.
1: I just what's didn't want to say it.
0: <laughs> so you're back. Two shows without you.
2: What that? is that about? It was bad. Welcome back. Oh, Absolutely. thank it was you. Bad. Did you seriously say, uh, Jim, you're fired. Yeah, uh, you can
0: stay
1: anytime, buddy. Ladies anytime. and gentlemen,
0: the voice that you're hearing is that of Jim... Van bruto and Jim did I screw up your last name? That was Vambrutero. perfect in Spanish it was perfect. <laughs> oh, well, I, you know we'll keep it in <laughs> Spanish, <laughs> Spanish then we also have uh, uh, Lynn morell in studio right guys Good feel, feel feel free to jump in. We are going to ask you to give some uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself in a minute but Aisha and I got something to talk about because she's been playing hooky for a couple shows. I thought she was in Key West, and I come to find out she didn't go that far west, that far south.
1: No, so I am from Key West originally. That's like my whole town, although I'm Key well, Lime Pie all day. Key Lime Pie. I'm a freshwater conch, not a saltwater conch, though, for those of you who know that. If you don't, that's okay. Conk
3: sandwiches.
1: Conk sandwich conch fritters. Even though the conch fritters in Key West now are terrible because conch is becoming so because they're from
0: China? <laughs> Is that they swim here from? China? I don't even know what a conch is. A conch, so. It's like a shell. I, when, unless we're looking at it the from the racial side, and it's short for the. It's other probably conch. Russia. No,
1: no, Peter, no. This uh, oh, is just check They're
4: Russian conchs. That's
0: They're the Russian problem. conchs. is know what it that's, is. That's the problem. But we're digging sandwiches. You know, down Key West, things happen. Oh, what's that saying? What happens in Key, Key West, West never leaves Key West. Yeah, what happens right. in
1: Key so West stays in Key West. So when you have conch
0: sandwiches, definitely fish. Nothing else, right? No. It's a shell.
1: It's like a snail almost, but it's like really big. Okay. Remember those were the shells you used to guys, listen to
4: to hear the ocean. Yeah, you can. Kid. Yep, yeah. you can pick
1: them up and yeah. listen to them. But now they're um, so like they're they're getting extinct, and so now they're making them, and it's like all dough. You might as well just be eating dough. But anyway, it's you Russia's know that fault. the we criteria that
0: they have to determine whether an animal is being extinct or not—you've you, heard of that, right? Yes. And yeah, you know blacks, that that same criteria when they apply it to the black community yep. here in Monroe
1: County, we're slotted to be.
3: Yeah,
0: well, uh, not eliminated.
1: Just Monroe, not just in Monroe County, but this is, you know, again, my people are dying, you They're know, and then abortion targeted. Yes. Abortion is the number one. We have for that. We have a, a
0: contest every week. Mm hmm. And we finally got a winner. We had to extend it last week because even though we got some responses, they were kind of short in some of the differences ah. uh, within the offer. But you remember what it was? I know you've been, it's been so long. Well, wait a gone.
1: second. Let's go back to that real quick, and then we're going to do our winner. But I was at a conference, Frederick Douglass Foundation, Douglas Leadership Institute con- conference, that is absolutely amazing. It was. It was. Hey, what was it called? Uh, our Faith, Our... Faith, our family, our freedom conference, mm-hmm. and yeah. ladies
0: and gentlemen, this is a, 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 a sponsored and done by the Frederick Douglass Foundation mm-hmm. and the leaders, uh, the Douglass Leadership Institute. Who was there?
1: Oh my gosh, we had—I mean, like stellar everyone. Oh, actually, we had Patrick Byrne was there. Really? Yeah, Bob Woodson. Um, if anyone, you know, again, wow. the Woodson Institute, absolute. Fantastic. Um, Amazing. Oh, the
0: people that were there are amazing. Yeah. Talk about Black conservatives, Hispanic conservatives, pastors, uh, uh, bishops. It, pastors, we had bishops. one of the
1: greatest um, convalescent of Black pastors, bishops, and conservatives that yep. you're ever going to find anywhere. And
0: they weren't all Republicans either, or registered, yeah. you know, on a conservative yeah. side. Yeah. These are just people who believe in the Constitution. These are people who believe that 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 freedom right, comes from, from anything or everything other than race, right? Correct. So So because they're black, they've proven, and that's the story they want to tell everybody. Yeah, listen, God, country, family, black. everybody's a shade of black. I mean, look at no, Jim, no, for example. Like He's a little you. tander. You yeah, I mean, it's
1: not like we're a black it, it, organization. Listen, but.
0: if you're black or Hispanic or in any way, you know, even like a darker Italian, you should be pretty excited because people spend billions, or that industry brings in oh, billions yeah. for people... Uh, that want to pay to look like you and me.
2: That's true. Insane, isn't it? It is. So
0: how does racism even exist? I don't know. A conversation for another day. Our contest, our contest, the question was, what are the differences between the American alphabet and the Spanish alphabet? And I asked people, don't just Google it. Right. right? Put them together. Just see what visual ones. Do you guys know any of the differences? Can you tell me one or two? A, la, l. Right. Those are all actually very good. Now, you mentioned that, but those are actually some of the differences, especially yep. the way they're pronounced and the way they're used in language. Len, do you know any? I got nothing. Nothing? Like the double L, for example, which is the J in Spanish, right? Like like Juvia, like one of the songs we have here uh, that's called Juvia. We'll have to play it later if we can. Um, we got differences like the the letter uh, K. Does the letter K exist?
1: Yes. In the Spanish language. Oh. Does it exist in the Spanish language? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Come on, you're
0: from Key West. You're like inundated yeah. in Spanish over there.
1: We are. Um, I don't know. I never thought about it before.
0: Yeah, no, it does it not. It doesn't. How yeah. about, um, huh. you know, like the letter Y? Oh,
1: yeah. Well.
0: That's a difference. It's, it's a do you guys know? So the letter sounding. Y, well, has, how many sounds do you think it has? Like, in English, e. it's Y, right? In Spanish, it's e. e. E.
1: e. You can have an i in english too depending on where it lands
0: yahweh yeah so in spanish in english how do you enunciate e
4: the letter e like egg eh, yeah in spanish it's e it's an i this is like being in fourth grade english class again uh,
0: taught by a teacher who could barely speak english themselves right because that's kind of like the spanish teacher i was apparently this is kind of Is this Common Core? <laughs> Anyways. Well, you know,
1: I think that it's, uh, you know, I, I, I mix up a lot of alphabets because I know Spanish and Polish and English. Very similar, though,
0: because the Polish language is, is uh, isn't is that, what are these oh, no, Polish, actually. I was Yay. thinking of uh, what they speak Italian. down near Argentina. No, no. Uh, Portuguese. Uh, Portuguese, thank you.
1: Oh, yeah, Portuguese. That's yeah. a lot like Polish. I don't know Portuguese. <laughs>
0: no, that's not that's a lot like, but it's enough. a lot like Spanish, though, um, yeah. from what I understand. And when it comes to some of the basics, I don't know. So I've been told, never spoke Portuguese, never been to Argentina.
1: Isn't Portuguese kind of that's French Br- as well? Brazil, I think. Brazil, yeah. yeah Portuguese is like a Ur-Bazil. mixture between Brazil. French and Spanish. I think and so. A little bit of Italian or something. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. learned that. Hey,
4: my mother's roots are from Sicily, so I get everything.
1: Are you all Sicilian? No,
4: half. Half? What's but the other know, half? Oh, the other half is uh, primarily Italian, I think.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
4: But Sicily's an island off the coast of Italy that's been taken over by every race in the oh, Mediterranean yeah. at one time. Mm-hmm. The Spaniards held Sicily for one for a while. The Italians had it. The Greeks had it. The Egyptians had it. The North Africans had it. I actually had a DNA test. I got all that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So you're an all around American. Yeah, I got it all, man. I okay. used to tell my daughter when she was little, we're all one. If you look back far enough. So you said you're
0: from uh, Sicily? Did I? Hear my that mother. Or?
4: No, my mother's yeah. family roots were from Sicily. Sicily. Good. Okay. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. So, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of our contest is John. I'm going to hold his name, his last name, because he asked me to. But he is of Rochester. John will be sending out your gift card for $25 uh, in the mail here shortly, or this week at least. But how about a contest for next week? We said we were going to do this every week. This is a lot of work. Although we decided... Bob, I took your advice. We're going to include a rule. so please, ladies and gentlemen, if you've won once, let's try to keep uh, the winning to once a month <laughs> per family, and then uh, no YSL or uh, employees or advertisers, etc. Some of the basic stuff. So let's keep it fair. But next week's or next week's contest, this new contest coming up, is a simple one, maybe or maybe not. What I'm asking you this week is what is the shortest verse in the Bible? That's it. Don't Google it. Use your memory. And if you're a cheater, then I guess Google it. But come on, for those of you who listen to this show, you should be able to answer this relatively quickly. The prize is, again, another $25 gift card. You can't get any better than that. So, what do you think, Aisha? Why are you looking at me like that?
1: I wanted to answer the question. <laughs> no, I bet you're Bernie.
0: like, I know the answer. I know the answer. First person to send me an co- email.
1: So I'm I'm so competitive. So competitive. So anytime there's any kind of question, I always want <laughs> to know, you know the you answer. Can't play, right? I know. You said wise. that I'm an employee, so I well, can't.
0: Not really an employee,
1: but. Well, you know what I mean. But I can't win my own contest. But... No,
0: you definitely can't. Send your answers to Peter at NextStepsShow.com. dot com. That's Peter at nextstepsshow dot com. First email wins the contest.
1: And hey, speaking of contest, Jim, you play chess?
2: Occasionally, yes, okay. I do. Oh, okay. How about that? Uh, world that world the uh, leader of it got caught cheating. Oh
1: yeah, well, yeah, but it's still up in the air wow. whether or not. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. I actually was listening because I'm <laughs> such a dork. Uh, I was listening to a podcast about um, you know, his cheating and they had the the there's a, a guy who um, analyzes whether or not someone is cheating well, yeah, or not, I you know. It,
4: well,
1: I there's well, so uh, I when can tell you a little bit.
4: Can you move one of his pawns or
1: something? No. He's... So, and again, that's why I found this podcast uh, fascinating. But some of that. the ways that you know, so that he wouldn't give all of them. But one of the the most common ways is they use like buzzers and stuff like that, and like put it like some people have gotten caught. Um, you put it like on your thigh or something, and so or you know earpieces, and then if somebody that is watching the game, they buzz and let you know, you know, like they, so they have like little signals of how you should move your pieces and stuff like that. Um, and the one gentleman, um, was even willing to maybe put it in a cavity in order to not have it be caught. So, you know what I mean? So it was just fascinating. They were
2: going through all of these
1: Yes,
2: cavities. Did you see those fish last week? They cut those fish open in a fishing contest, and all these lead weights were put in there yeah. to oh, boost geez. the weight of a fish. What? Cavities, cavities. Yeah, it's crazy really? how people will cheat. Yeah, yeah. fish yeah.
1: cheating on a fishing contest. A contest see, yeah. I mean, what have we become as a society? Fish. Everything is about cheating it instead is. of just learning how to be the best. Uh, you know I'm trying to
0: get over on something. That seems to be the culture that's being created, especially by many of our politicians in office.
3: It, how, start, how did... it starts at the top. It starts at the top, boundary? absolutely.
0: Wow. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, I told you we have two great guests today because we always have great
1: guests. We do.
0: We really, That's really why do. We're on this show, and we not somebody else's. Absolutely, That's we right. know how to pick them. And now, now listen. We have great guests. Even if Aisha is in here, contrary to what Mr. Jim said earlier, no, but he, just, saying, just, just saying, just
2: saying. He, he had big shoes to fill. He, he I, I he did. Worked I hard. did. He he did. Hard.
0: I
1: listened, him. and you did a great job. <laughs> did I do a great job? I don't gentleman? care what. Jim
0: well, says. we had a good guest though, Marcus, Marcus, Marcus Williams for uh, State Assembly in the one thirty seventh. Is definitely an individual that we got to give a lot of attention to. That gentleman is going to set that. That city on fire once he's in the assembly he will yeah.
2: he's a shaker and
0: a mover he's a yeah. shaker and a mover he's a doer he gets it and you know what's what's more exciting is that he literally lives doesn't live in gates he doesn't live in a cushy house in the burbs somewhere saying yep. i get it he hears the yes. gunshots he sees uh, yeah. the bodies he's administered the narcan yeah. i mean Talk about hands-on experience. Ladies and gentlemen, we need that individual in office. But today in studio, we have, uh, we have Len. Yeah,
1: Morrell. Who else awesome. do we have? We have Len Morrell. He's candidate for the Senate uh, 55th District, right? Yes. Um, tell us real quick, just because sometimes we get going, and then how can people get a hold of you? <laughs>
4: um, well, they can. Uh, how do they get a hold of me? The website,
1: okay. Len Morrell for
4: New York State Senate. And then the best thing to watch is Facebook. It's Len for N.Y.S. Senate. Len for N.Y.S. Senate. You'll see what I'm doing every day because I'm doing something every single day. So, tell so either the website or that. Absolutely. What's tell
1: us district? about who
0: you are. We're, I'm sorry. Oh,
1: I was going to ask what his district was. Just oh, so oh
4: go ahead. Okay, so I'll give you the two-minute infomercial on Len Morrell. Um, maybe not even two minutes. Basically, if you live in Irondequoit, Webster, Penfield, Parrington, Pittsford, East Rochester, Fairport, or in the city of Rochester from the Genesee River East, you're in my district and you can vote for me. Number one. Number two, I will be on three different ballot lines that you can vote for me. There's three separate lines depending on what flavor is yours. Uh, One is Republican, one is Independent Party, and one is Conservative Party. All three of those. And as far as my personal story, you know, I grew up in Aranaquite. I live in Penfield now. Um, I was brought up in a small, small 1,000-square-foot home, blue-collar family, on my own at 18, um, there's two pieces to my story. The one side is I'm a small business guy. I started a machine shop when I was young, built it into a manufacturing company that supplied BMW and Hummer and Chrysler precision engineered transmission parts. The other, And, and I retired from that in 2018. The The other side of me is the community work I've been doing for decades. I started volunteering – I became. Uh, I, I grew up in a Catholic home and went to a Catholic school, and always sensed God's presence in my life. But it became very personal when I went to a non-denominational Christian church, and. Um, when I was a teenager and answer an altar call and I just had a real personal experience with the uh, person and the the character of Christ. And since that, I've volunteered for decades. I've never run for office. It's my first time running. I didn't just start volunteering a year ago or two years ago. I've been doing it for decades. When I was in my 20s, I volunteered at the Monroe County Penitentiary. I volunteered at Intercarter City University Christian Fellowship all through my college years, ultimately becoming vice president of our chapter. In my 30s and 40s, I got involved in the community. I was on the Penfield planning board. I coached the girls' Penfield softball team. I've been volunteering at charter schools for over a decade and public schools on trades programs and such. I was an animal shelter volunteer, and I could go on and on, but I won't. I'll leave it at that. So there's two sides to me. It's the business side and the community side, and the one that means the most to me, frankly, is the community side. That exposure is what led people to ask me to run for office, Actually, four years ago, I said no. Two years ago, I said no. But this year, and basically because my wife said no. You know how that goes. (laughs) If mom ain't happy, nobody's happy. So, so, but this year. She said yes? So no. She said you got to get in. We looked at our grandson. We look at what's happening in our country. We look at the extreme... Well, we'll get into that in a minute, but yeah. at any rate, she just said you got to get in. With your tenacity, you might be able to do something. So I'm running for New York State. 55. God bless her for
0: agreeing and jumping in. I personally know, and you know, I mean, not only with my wife running for uh, family court, but when you know through my runs, it's it's not a it's not a, a sport done on your own. You definitely need
2: a team, and, and your family has to be. Jim, what about you? So the 56th district, and of course the lines were all gerrymandered right up until June. And that uh, that includes gates, Greece, Brighton, Henrietta, all the whole towns, and then the the west side of the city of rochester so it 's a big area, but uh, you know look at Len and I um, we worked hard to get on that independence line. And I can tell you that there's only like three or four of us across the whole state that, that made it over the goal line. And you can thank the Democrats for that because two years ago they passed a law making it extremely, extremely difficult to reach the number of signatures that you need to have a third party. They don't yeah. want third parties. and Because um, no, it pulls away from them. Yeah. And, and, and of course, with that supermajority, they just passed that law. And so it kind of takes away the voter's choice. But – we uh, we got through it somehow. We had like thirty days to go out and get over three thousand signatures, and but but we did it. And, oh, and I, I watched
0: I'm, you guys work. You guys were definitely team effort. It was it was. Christine was able to yes, make it as well. Yes. And man, that was yes every day. It was a
4: project in itself. Father's Day, ninety degree days, every day day I'll and Ask him for signatures.
0: Anniversaries, birthdays. <laughs> yep, yeah, we we actually we forgot it was an anniversary. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I interrupt, Jim. More about you. Where do you come from?
2: So, I, uh, you know, I was adopted back in 1963, you know, abortions were illegal, I was an out-of-wedlock uh, pregnancy, my my mother, and um, back then, she, you know, again, the abortions were illegal, so she went to one of those, uh, I think it was the Episcopal Church that had a program for for moms that were pregnant, and, and then, uh, of course, upon my birth, I was immediately put up for adoption, and three months later, I was adopted by uh, an Episcopal priest, <laughs> of all people, and... um And So I actually started growing up in in Connecticut, and then we moved up here to New York when I was 14. Uh, Around 1978, we came up here. And I've always wanted to be a policeman. I kind of grew up next to a police station when I was a little kid and thought that would be a cool job. And uh, 37 years I spent on pushing the blue and white around and uh, living in the trenches. But it was all about helping people, you know? And it didn't matter what your political party was, what your income was. It was about you know just helping people whatever their problem is you know and and they were all but you got to see which which programs worked and which programs didn't work and so that's what motivated me to want to run
1: and you were so you you said you had a 37 year career in the police department yes i did can you tell me just so oh. where did you how high did you go? Yeah,
2: so, so, I, I, uh, so I started in the town of Gates in 1985 as a patrolman. And, uh, you know, four years into it, I was like, you know, you're young. You're like, I want to go down and, into the city and, and experience, you know, that the, the, the nightly shootings and stuff. And so I transferred to the city of Rochester for three years. And then... You know, I, I saw the writing on the wall, how sustainability of getting through 20 years in that type of uh, environment was going to be tough. So I went back to Gates, and, uh, and then I rose through the ranks over at the Gates Police Department. And my last nine years, I was the chief of police over there. All and right. um, But I tell you, I, it was interesting, you know. You, you, there's no way to prepare you for these leadership positions. You kind of learn as you go along. Mm-hmm. But once I got in there, I, I, one day I just woke up and said, you know what, I, I'm the guy in charge, you know. And I am gonna, I'm going to use my microphone. To call out everything that I saw that was hurting people and killing people, and i, I became very outspoken on the opioid epidemic, suicides, the broken uh, the mental health system right we take somebody in the strong or one of those e d s and twenty minutes later the person's out and mm-hmm. and, and we, we actually had people leave the e d and, and then go jump off the driving park bridge you know That's so awful. I became very outspoken on these issues to call it out and and, and, um, and so that, that was uh, I, I really took a lot of pride in trying to get somebody to listen to what was going on out there. Now, the problem was, as the chief, I have have no ability to change legislation, you know? Right. I I could make the... uh make the argument but i had no ability to do that so upon my retirement i I knew i was retiring this year and then with this this criminal justice reform i have never seen our profession so gutted and watered down that i said i I have got to at least try to use my reputation and my trust in the community and see if i can't get myself to albany to change stuff
1: you you said something earlier and i'm going to put this to both of you real quick um you were saying right like as police chief it didn't matter right your political affiliation (coughs) Social, economic—you know—none of that really matters. And when you're running for office, obviously, um, you are there to represent all people as well, right? So it sounds like you have a little bit of experience in being able to uh, crack that nut a little bit, right? Of of, so, my question becomes: How or what do you say? If you know, like again, I'm I'm sitting here as a Democrat. That hurt my whole soul to say. um, But if I was. Right. How, how are you going to represent me? Why should I vote for you knowing that, you know, again, you don't have the Democratic line, but yeah, I'll just leave it at that.
2: Look, unfortunately, the way the uh, our system of elections are set up, you you have to belong to one of the two parties. So I, I joined the Republican Party because I think it's more in line with my beliefs. But at the end of the day, um, I don't like either party. I don't like the titles. I, I like just being, I'm Jim Van Bredroot, and this is what I stand for. And, and when I actually go to vote as a Republican, I, I've never just gone in and voted the party line. I've always yes. voted for the person that's right. and what they stood for, what their morals and values were.
0: Can you imagine a society where people are actually being elected based on what either they've done uh, or what they want to do? That's, I mean, real the interviews. Policy.
4: Yeah, but policies versus the. the what we see now. Right. now what about you, any Mike? representative is defined by their values, actions, and outcomes. Just think about that for a minute. If you really want to get to the core of a party or a representative, we need to make sure we analyze the values and actions and outcomes of their work. So I wish there was no party, and, quite, and it comes down to a simple issue. What have you done in your life that would want me to entrust you to being a leader, to making decisions in my behalf? And when I look at things like, well, the big issues for me, and I don't know if you want how, how far you want to go into that, but um, when I look at crime, no one should be able to pistol whip you, throw you out of your car, they catch the person, and they're out the next day with a ticket. If that isn't mm-hmm. the definition of madness, if that isn't the definition of Loss of civilization. I don't know what is. So I'm not about a party. I'm about common sense leadership with positive outcomes that take that, that help and take and protect our community. You look at the outcomes. There's an outcome. Just I gave you just yep. now.
1: And did you see? I mean, did you see in Buffalo? right yeah. that that Videotaped. poor mom yeah. yeah and she told them she she was shot and killed by this you know he was in jail on Tuesday they let him go she told everybody that she that he was going to kill her she was killed with a bulletproof vest on in front of her children yep And we have people that are in control right now that are going to defend their positions for things. This woman should not be dead, right? Again, in all of these things that are going on. So we, we do have a major crisis. Um, as far as i concerned. That
0: yeah, we do. Ladies and gentlemen, in studio, we have Len Morrell, candidate for Senate in the 55th District of New York State. We also have retired chief of police, Jim Vambretto, who is the 56th uh, candidate for the 56th Senate District. Uh, here in New York State. Ladies and gentlemen, on October 22nd, the Next Step Show is going to be hosting a harvest party over at Tropics. You don't want to miss that. The person that we have coming in with the music that's going to be all kinds of music is going to be DJ Dave of Sound Memories. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Next Step Show with Peter Vasquez and Aisha Craig. We'll be right back after these few messages.
4: Llegó papá, llegó papá
3: It's summer, and Springwater Amish Workshop has a wide selection of buildings to suit your every need. You choose style, color, size, exterior product, placement of windows and doors to make it uniquely yours. Springwater Amish sheds have the best manufacturer's warranty in the business. American-made, Amish-built, delivered to your prepared site within a 40-mile radius of Springwater. When the delivery people leave, your new building is ready to be used. Get a 3% discount when you pay by check, or you can rent to own with no credit check. Summer's in full swing. Now's the time to relax outdoors in a glider, deck chair, swing or Adirondack chair or play cards around the picnic table. There's premium quality and selection in stock made from vinyl, yellow pressure treated pine or finished hardwood. A great yard starts at Springwater Amish Workshop. The showroom's full. They're ready to bargain. If you love wind chimes, choose from a full selection with melodic tone. From buildings to gazebos, lighthouses to wind chimes, Springwater Amish Workshop has it all. 7936 Mill Street, Springwater. Open 9 to 5 Monday through Friday, Saturday 9 to 3.
1: Hi, this is Attorney Christine DeMo Vasquez. For more than 18 years, I've provided quality legal services tailored to the unique needs of each of my clients. I take the time to educate my clients about the law, explain the legal process, listen carefully, answer questions, and keep my clients informed throughout the process.
3: An attorney who understands the complexities of the family court system. Call Attorney Christine DeMo Vasquez at 585-427-0675. 585-427-0675. The fair
0: tax replaces the income tax and abolishes the IRS for good. But that's not going to happen if the current crop of politicians have their way. Fair Tax New York is looking for motivated citizens who are willing to contact candidates and get them to sign the Fair Tax Pledge promising to push for fair tax if elected. Call Fair Tax New York at 585-944-0588. That's 585-944-0588. Make that call today.
4: Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz, the Next Step Show.
2: On the WYSL stations. This speech is my recital. I think think it's very vital.
1: vital To rock. 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 That's right. On top. Here we go. It's T2 Racco.
3: Okay, ladies
0: and gentlemen, there is no trick when we're talking to soon-to-be state senator Jim Van and state senator Len Moreau on November 9th. But there's no trick in talking to them November like eight. there is when you're talking to November some eight. of the. What did I say? Nine. November well, November. Yes. A day it'll be. It'll, it'll be later. The, 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 the morning, morning that we wake up. Gotcha. And there is no, there is no trick to these conversations, unlike when you're talking to judicial candidates.
2: Oh. That's yeah. a
0: tricky, tricky, tricky. Although we are going to have them back on soon. We are. We are actually probably one or two more times. I love those traditional candidates. You can have a conversation with them and beat them up with politics, and then they say we can't answer, and then we say, "Yeah, okay, whatever." <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have Lynn Morel, we have Jim and our, uh, our in our studios.
1: I want to know. Wait, I want to go back real, real quick because we were we were at the end you know the break we were talking about this whole crime thing and um we were talking a little bit in between but i just have a question right so we understand that there is a crisis going on and hopefully people understand and i know that every district is a little bit different and some people don't feel that as much as others and as you were talking about and, and i'll let you you know each take your minute or whatever you know that statistically speaking right that there. Well, I say they're lying about statistics, but that it seems like it's nothing until it happens to you. Right. So my question becomes, though, so what are so what's the answer or what are some of the answers? What are things that you can as candidates and then hopefully when you get in, what are you going to do or what can you do in order to help? Alleviate not just the issue from a policy standpoint, but even from a root cause issue. Um, Jim, you want to?
2: Yeah, you know the big thing right now is uh, the word red flags, right? Mental health red flags. Um, that that word is used. So you know we we need to give judges just just a common sense law to say, for, forget bail of anything. If 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 I think you are a threat or a danger to society and he's convinced, then he should be able to hold you in custody. Because just setting bail, you know, if if somebody has a lot of mo- drug dealers, right, they have a lot of money. Um, so, so just setting bail sometimes isn't the answer either because they, they can get out tomorrow and, and, and go ahead and reoffend. So I, I think that, that public safety issue, that clause of a public safety out for judges to be able to hold you, uh, if you come before me and I got that sixth sense that says, man, I think this person's going to be very dangerous, that you should be able to hold them. Common sense.
1: So, be, so you're saying like... Uh, Kind of uh, repealing maybe some laws that took the power away from judges to do the thing that we voted them in to do, which is to judge a situation.
2: Right, just just give give the power back to the judges. This is not a complex thing, right? No, I don't think a need complex. a PhD to understand this. It's <laughs> okay. just let the judges give them the authority to do their job. But we do need a public safety because uh, that wasn't in the bail before, even before bail reform, we didn't have that. Okay, um, you know they, they would they could set bail as high as they could. But again, if you have okay, let's take an illegal operation, right? I mean, some people have access to a lot of cash. Yeah, and they and do. So, and, and that doesn't always work either, but.
4: Okay, so 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 let's – if we look at all the chaos we have right now and all the crime, um, number one, this is all a result of policy changes made by the one-party rule we have that that the senator I'm running against, Summer Brook, supported, and that was defund the police, take money away from the Rochester Police Department so we have fewer police. That was eliminating bail. Okay, under the terms and guise that well, poor people can't afford bail, so it's it's not equal. So we'll eliminate bail, and then less is more. If you have an 18 year sentence for rape or murder or whatever, and you, but but we're going to give you less time. We're going to make you only have to serve five years or six years or four years or whatever. So for me, it's pretty straightforward. Number one, I believe I, I would I want to fund the police. Number two, we have to reinstitute bail with exactly what Jim said, giving judges jurisdiction, because bail may not be enough. And less is more. No, you have to serve the majority of your time. Maybe we do a little bit. But there's really, there really is two things to this. First of all, the whole bail thing, you know, that argument is full of holes that, well, only, you know, only poor people then have to stay in jail. And I'll tell you why. Because... At the end of the day, yes, we have to have compassion that 's what that 's what the law came out of, but compassion without accountability is chaos, just like accountability without compassion is chaos you can 't have one without the other so you might, We may revise this bail and give judges the jurisdiction that Jim is talking about and says, young man, you committed this crime, we're going to let you out. But if it happens again, you're not going to get out. You're going to be inside. There's going to be no bail. So we have to have common sense leadership on crime. Another thing is, so that's my short-term solution, long-term solution. And this one may sound a little out there, but it's something that I've really... You know, done a lot of work in the in the uh, charter schools on, and I think we actually need to create. So many of these kids that are committing crimes have no families. The father's gone. The mother's a drug addict, and they're being raised by an illiterate grandmother that can't and barely take care of herself. So we have a lot of children, a lot of young people growing up in homes. Children growing up in homes that are disasters. I, as a state senator, I would want to work with academia, education, and government to create what I consider an ethics mentor based. Curriculum starting in first grade. And it would be surrounded, supported, and basically what I'm thinking of is an ethics program where these kids hear th- something they're not hearing at home. We could build it on three principles treat others the way you want to be treated, judge slowly. And servant leadership. We could build a curriculum. We could build build reward programs. We could talk about we could bring in people from the outside. We can role model so that as these kids are growing up in first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, they're hearing something positive, something that a lot of us grow up with. But they're not hearing at their homes because they don't have that kind of support system. And, and, And at the end. You know, when you look at hatred and crime and racism and bullying, it's taught, it's learned behavior. You put them against a th- bunch of three-, four-, and five-year-old kids together in a classroom. doesn't matter what color they are, what race they are, what gender they are, what color their hair is. It doesn't matter. They all get along, but they learn hatred. So if we start putting, embedding unless these values. Unless you take the truck. Unless you take the truck. And
1: then they're going to.
4: But it's, if we start right, really. embedding these values at a young age, then maybe we save some of these so, kids.
1: So that's interesting. So you saying that, so, uh, so Greece um, just had their school board meeting
4: that's greece new
0: york ladies and gentlemen. greece
1: new york uh very interesting again uh so i was driving so i got to listen to it because <laughs> that's what i listen to not music um when i'm driving so and as i was listening to this it was about, you know, that basically they were talking about their their education plan for Monroe County that had come out and how they were going to address, you know, a bunch of disparities and stuff. And so, again, it's going on and on. And then there was one gentleman who uh, thankfully stood up, um, his, Mark Bongino. He's a new school board candidate, and he actually brought up to them um, that, the one thing, all the, you know, they subgroup everybody out, and that's all they were talking about is how the disparities in education from all these subgroups. But the one thing that eliminates all disparities was having a stable home. Yes. Right? So, Woodson Institute, they have, a, you know, they did a, um, a research and stuff like that. And, you know, and so he was quoting some of that from the Woodson Institute that. It didn't matter your social economics, uh, race um, doesn't you know it doesn't matter if you had stability at home two parent home especially and then st- stability in that home that it almost completely wipes out all all disparities doesn't matter if you're rural inner city whatever and this, and, these, and you know the and their answer was their answer was well we only concentrate on the things that we can control.
0: That's your school board. That's your elected that, members of the school board.
1: And so, Len, right, you just brought up, right, well, we can control these things if we're having, you know, and that, you know, I wanted to come through the radio and just like, ah. But because of that, right, we're at school. They're talking about transgenderism. They're completely pushing all sorts of things that obviously you have any kind of control you want. You have these kids for eight hours a day, five days a week. And if you have these types of conversations, you're going to see a lot of these things uh, diminish.
0: Absolutely.
4: So, yeah. oh, go ahead. Then. Well, yeah, and you know, um, we've got to start emphasizing government needs, and especially with our youth, we have to emphasize the potential of the individual. And government has to assist every individual to achieve their maximum potential based on this great country that's got a meritocracy. we got to stop dividing people into groups and stereotyping and telling one group that you can't make it because of this or another group that you're doing this wrong. That that is not productive at all for our young people. Young people, think about when you were five, six, eight years old. You just want to figure out how to fit in. You want to figure out what your capabilities are, which really takes me to my Education program. I'm, I'm I'm preparing a bill on education, which is going to include this ethics program for kids in, in starting in first grade. But my other program is going to be to help kids find their place as they move and gravitate and, and uh, gravi- um, find their way in high school, and that's. Uh, what I've already initiated on an informal basis at the charter schools I work at—it's a nine college career initiative program (NCCI)—where we start to help kids get it. To- one of the things we're doing in our high schools right now, we're telling every single kid you got to get a four- college material. You got to get a four-year college degree. Right, every single kid. The Rochester City School District: five out of ten kids flunk or drop out of school. Think about that fifty percent right. failure rate. If your business fifty percent of the products failed, how long would you be in business? And yet we reward it because we've got the highest paid school board in the in, in, yeah. in, the, in the state
1: and our budget and the, the, the school nice. budget. Yep, it, Monroe County.
4: But we're telling our kids they all have to get a college, a four-year college degree, in spite of the fact that in two thousand twenty-one, the Board of Education said forty-three percent of all students that graduated with a four-year degree ended up with a minimum wage job and yes. approximately $60,000 in student debt.
0: Agreed, but I do have to say college does teach and provide something that uh, you can't really get anywhere else, although I do believe that the trades are very important. I wanted to ask Jim and, and, and both of you, have you heard of a concept? This is more of a business model or concept than anything else. It's called the, it's the systemic approach. It's when there is a problem that can't be identified by uh, by studying the problem itself. So you go outside in the environment. It's called the systemic approach. But basically, what you do is that uh, we, you know we figure out in business, and this can be applied to anything, that there is a problem here, right? So widget number one has a problem. We inspected it. We don't see anything wrong there, so we need to go out and we, look in, we need to look into the environment and find out what, uh, what's feeding that. Mm-hmm. I don't see that a lot, and I, I don't think I've ever even heard a politician or anybody elected or running bring up. Um, what they're going to do to identify what's feeding these problems uh, that we're seeing? Not again. This isn't just about the urban center, although it is predominantly you know seen in urban centers. Uh, but you know, you, you take my wife for example. As an attorney, she's all over the you know the, the surrounding counties. We see poverty. We see the crime. Um, so so as as senators. In office with the microphone, Jim, like you did as a a chief of police, and like you did as a business owner, uh, Len. So I'm assuming you probably understand this concept as well. What can you guys do? Again, this show is called the Next Step Show because we want to know what's going to. What can we do next to pull our subs out of wherever we are uh, to go to that next step? So, as senators, what can you do to identify what's feeding a lot of these problems? Frankly. Isha and I say, we know what's feeding. It's the politicians that are in office, it's the policies they're creating, right? I think someone said, poverty doesn't create the crime. The crime creates the poverty, right? And I believe in that. And and, and maybe you guys, again, can share with us, what is it that you're going to do as senators to identify those feeders?
2: So let's, let's take a look at the crime, right? Because that's a big issue right now. We, we need a whole uh, holistic approach, right, to somebody. So so, so here, here was an issue I had when I was the chief in Gates, right? <clears throat> this, this female committed a sex offense. They held her in Albion Correctional Facility for 20 years. The day of her release, they gave her, her $40. They put her on a bus, and they said, now when you get back to Mon- – because she had no family. When you go back to Monroe County, go to the Department of Social Services, and they'll set you up with housing. So she does that, and then they put her in a hotel in the town of Gates. Now so she's like, she's already registered like a, a, a level two sex offender, <laughs> and they 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 put her in a hotel in the town of Gates. <laughs> and so this is how we find out she's living there. And so you say, so I said, there's a chief, and I did the math, and I held a press conference, and I said, look, it. We just spent twenty years of incarceration at sixty thousand a year. We just spent one point two million dollars on her, and we gave her forty bucks, and we sent her. How is this you so you talk about criminal justice reforms we We need to reform what we are doing inside these prisons so that we can we 're setting them up for failure you can 't yes. tell me after twenty years that there 's no program in place to make sure. We're going to coddle her and, and take care of somebody, and address the, whole, the the underlying issues, and not just the punishment part.
1: Yeah, and well, so Douglas Leadership Institute, we have a new criminal justice reform. It was just at our, our conference um, that we just did. It's called the Ford Justice Initiative, addressing things like that, you know, or overcriminalization, different things. Because again, whenever. Especially maybe conservative-wise, right? You hear criminal justice reform and people want to shy away from it, right? But we have to have our voice in there just like that, right? We know that there are reforms, things that need to happen. There are things that are wrong. There are things that we can do better. And if we continue to pull our voice out of it, and let, then we, we're going to continue to have um, outcomes that— are more and more detrimental because the only voice that is going to be there is going to be this, um, you know, Marxist, uh, communist type of thought that is that is there.
0: That's already being like dug deep. Jim, you mentioned earlier that, that you were adopted. Uh, that the Episcopal Church, right, kind of helped make that happen. Did I understand yeah, that correctly? Yeah, they had
2: a program for uh, for single, you know, people, moms that were so, pregnant. Yep. So
0: imagine if we had a society that went
2: back to, to finding solutions. Again, these
0: systemic type of approaches right. can create this. You know that the Frederick Douglass Foundation and the Douglass Leadership Institute nationally have partnered with the, uh, and, and I'm, make sure I pronounce this correctly, the Kozhik Church. Right. Where they signed an agreement to mm-hmm. to end issues or to find homes uh, for moms that um, that are making the choice to keep their child mm-hmm. so, and, and they've created. So that's good to see. But that only comes by looking at the problem and studying it and finding solutions that that. Sometimes that eliminates those problems, right, Len? I mean, you worked right in the community. I believe yeah, your business yeah, yeah. is right in the middle of yeah, yep. some of these high uh, high crime areas, I if I remember right correctly.
4: <laughs> correctly. My factory was right in the hood. and would um, be Brighton, right? Yeah. What we are doing here is actually what we need to do. On a government basis, so we know that crime 's linked to poverty poverty 's linked to education so education affordability crime it 's all interwoven, and let me give you an example. So one of the things they did at my company, it was just an organic thing that I tried to do, and we were successful at it. I had this program called Hire the Homeless, because homelessness is a big problem right now, yes. right? We used to have state institutions. We shut all those down and threw everybody out under a bridge, okay, instead of reforming them. All right, so that, but that so that was a mess. But the bottom line is right now we got homeless people, right? So all around my factory, there was people out every morning. So, I made it a point to drive my car on. I hit every corner and I gave every homeless person a buck in my business card. And I said, Show up tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock and I'll give you a job. No questions asked, no drug tests, no nothing. I'm just going to put you to work. I got a factory. Well, 9 out of 10 people didn't show up. But you know what?
1: 1 out Mm -hmm. of 10 did. That's right. (laughs)
4: And so, and when that 1 out of 10 did, you know, I had about a dozen employees, not about 10 employees at our peak um, with part times and full time. That one employee was more work than all the others put together because you're dealing with someone that is so disabled mentally and sometimes physically. You know, the first I'll tell you the first time we we got one quick story. Guy, we put him on the machine, you know. My foreman would get him on a machine, he's making parts. Two hours later, my foreman comes in and goes, Len, we got a problem. I go, What's the problem? He goes, Well, I I don't know how to say it. I go, Is he making bad parts? No, he's not making bad parts. Is is he giving you a hard time? No, I said, Well, Mike, what is it? Just tell me what's the problem. He goes, He smells so bad, the whole department's ready to leave. So these are real concrete as real as it get yeah. issues. So I said, okay, bring, tell him to come in. So he comes in. I go, John, we got a little problem. I go, the job you're working on right now, the customer just called up and canceled it. We don't need the job, but could you come in tomorrow on third shift and we'll pick you up and get you started on started in a different job. Oh yeah, sure. Mr. Morrell, no problem. So that as soon as he left, we set up a machine and separate warehouse. I have all by itself. <laughs> Nobody would train him. So I ended up taking on the training. You know, it's a huge lift. I ended up spending yep. months with this guy. Finally got him to take a bath after about eight weeks. Um, maybe it was a little less but you know these are real they're, challenges yeah. but you know what they're real solutions right and it's it's business and government and education and all of us just like we're talking here this needs the way we run this needs to be the way we run our country we right. run our state working and together. that's what i'm working on when i put together my Uh, uh, affordable New York program and also my NCCI for education, which will include all these components I'm talking about. It's the kind of things we have to do and nobody does it. Our state senators now don't even talk about it. Well,
1: a lot of the things that they, again, that's the difference when we're talking about less government, smaller government it is things like this right because now you're taking the onus off of taxpayers and giving em- empowering whether it's churches or businesses or other yes. things to do, to partner yeah. and say hey because we have to remember that The number one, I mean, the great American experiment, uh, experiment. not only is it the consent of the governed, right, but it's also that our individual, that invisible hand, right, Right. economics, the invisible hand that me taking care of myself is going to benefit someone else, right? And, and and we've gotten so far away from these type of principles all they want to
4: do is blame other people
1: well blame other people or, compassion
4: I mean, is great but compassion without accountability is destructive look at inflation oh, we and can talk and, and,
1: that and our our energy cost <laughs> okay. right i just read an article right that they're expecting so energy costs have just risen like 60 80% right over the last year and a half just read an article now rge they're expecting that um, over this winter, it's going to go up another 40%. And we have 70, right now, we have 70,000 people in Monroe County that get the heat, right? The, the help for heat. So,
0: so that kind of goes what I was asking earlier about feeding into, you know, how do we how do we fix that? I mean, we, we, we know there's an issue. They're already telling us the prices are going to go up even more. We've got, uh, I've seen on Twitter where the different politicians are talking about how RG&E's, uh, a building is even too hard for people to read
4: uh, or their response. Peter, I mean, I'll tell you how we fix it. We, we put wait, wait, people real in real office quick. that are going to ask the right questions.
1: Right. And real quick, don't yeah. because right now... Their solution is always more government, more, more, more programs, right. and so we have to get away from that. Go I have ahead, a Len. bill
4: prepared. I have a bill prepared. It's called Affordable New York. Okay, let's look at our state for just a minute. We're in the top 10% highest property taxes in the nation. We're in the top 10% highest personal income taxes and out-of-pocket health care costs in the nation. Okay, corporations continue to leave because they can't afford these. First of all, just to get us... To to the 70th percentile, meaning instead of being 90% higher than everybody else property tax-wise, to get to the 70th percentile, we need to cut our property tax for every homeowner of 30%. I'm prepared to write an affordable New York bill that's going to include a property tax cut for every homeowner that's also going to take seniors. We're pushing seniors seniors out of our state, and this is the most absurd condition we 're allowing seniors cost almost nothing they pay their bills on time they take care of their properties yep. they take care of their families and our everybody 's retirement program i 'm door to door talking to people every day for not last year everybody 's retirement program that 's a senior i 'm giving me moving out of New York state. This is complete failed leadership in Albany my state senator Somerbrook, she doesn 't even talk about it it 's not even the discussion it 's not even on the agenda well i 'm prepared to write a bill affordable New York and try to make sure that we Could Yep. Look at every single condition. Gas prices, out of it, control. Why are we charging $0.50 cents a gallon for gas prices? Right. Uh, grocery p- bills, out of control. They're not even talking about this. This isn't mean, even on the radar. why are our
1: seniors, I mean, again, this is, you know, some people might want to argue with me here, but why are seniors paying such high school taxes? Why are they
4: paying school taxes to begin with? To
1: begin with. I mean, like, this is the kind of dialogue the,
4: we need to have, right, and get to the forefront of what we're doing with our leadership. You have to vote people like me, like Jim Van Brutterel, because we're. I'm. I'm. You know, it's like good government. It's like a good marriage. You're not always going to agree, right? Okay, but you're going to work for the better we good.
1: Have to work so, with it. Yeah. So, so,
4: I'm, I'm so. going to jump in here because I want to. I mean, this is great,
0: and, and man, I, I, I can't know. wait. I'm assuming, Jim, you're going to be a co-sponsor on that. When you both get in there, working on that together. Um, but I mean, we're, we're almost coming to an end here, we and I will tell we you, we can talk clock. for for a couple <laughs> hours and and so forth. But you know, education is is foundational for me. Um, every race that I've run, um, every, every, everything that I've done uh, from an active, activist perspective, it all boils down to, uh, to education. I believe that when we show people numbers like 50% of every black baby in New York State being born is, you know, is killed to abortion. Those are, those, that's an education piece. Yeah. Um, you know, every, 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 uh, uh, when we share numbers with the murder rates in the show that we, we sent out or in a recent show, we talked about how there's a murderer every three, three. days. But you know what? We've invited every single candidate on both sides of the aisle uh, to come in and talk about these issues. And, and and some people may say my show is one-sided with Republicans, but you're the only ones that come in here. But in the short time that we have left, it's going to leave about a minute for each of you, if you don't mind. I really want our listeners to know uh, where is it that you stand in education, and do you believe that education is truly the key to resolving Uh, Everything, both informal uh, and and, and formal education. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Len and Jim, uh, uh, candidates for the State Senate.
2: Yeah, so obviously education is is, is a key to success in life, to be able to have that. Number one, I'm excited that parents are finally starting to... Taken an interest in look, uh, COVID was a good thing because parents got to see exactly what was going on in their schools or not what's going on. And so Absolutely. to see so many people running for school board is huge because, you know, it, it is, it's about the parental choice in, in your school district you get to set up that school district in, in the way that you want as a community and school choice is huge supporting charter schools you, you only get one shot at educating your kid it, and you, you can't make a mistake and sending them to a school that's not functioning um and the city school district is, is a total disaster a colossal yes, failure right now
0: and it's Thank been so in much. my 50 years of living i went to those schools i dropped out you know i was i'm sorry i be real quick giving you a ma- I, I, I dropped out of Edison Tech in ninth grade. I went for the first maybe half a semester, went, took my midterms, skipped the entire rest of the year, right, came back, did my finals, finished the ninth grade with a B average. The <laughs> next year I came back. One of the administrators, after I came in, stoned off my butt, came into the office, right, about four hours late. He walks up to me. I'm 15 years old. Says to me. You don't want to be here, do you? I said, absolutely not. Being the smart aleck that I was being told me to sign there and leave and don't tell my parents, and so I did. And hence, I had five kids before I was Well, you
4: know, as a volunteer in the education system, mentoring young people for decades, and I currently volunteer at U Prep Charter School, I think education is critical to poverty, to crime, and everything. So you've heard my thoughts on we need an ethics program, an ethics class to be taught starting in first grade. We need the Non-College Career Initiative is a program that provides a campaign which creates awareness of all the jobs you can do that don't require a college degree. It starts with a publication, which lists job title, job description, starting pay and pay in 10 years. And essentially, school choice has to be strong in our state and in our country. We can never let that go aside. Ladies and gentlemen, now, Free Suit with Aisha Kreitz.
1: The extraordinary Aeser uh, Free soup, good for your soul, good for liberty. So, you know, God said from the beginning that we are his image bearers. Made in the image of God according to our likeness. That word, tezlahim is like being his reflection. It's a shadow, right? He we was supposed to do the things... That He wants us to do, but rather than accepting the very generous gift of being God's image bearers on earth We decided that we wanted to be gods ourselves and broke away from God's image We want to devise our own plans and make our own definition of what's good and evil It's time for us to start thinking about that and doing better at being the image bearer of God.
0: The next step show with Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz, ladies and gentlemen, you can find information for Len Morell at Morell for State Senate.com and for Jim Van check out his website, van for Senate.com. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget our contest. Don't forget to advertise
1: with us. We will oh we're October 22nd. We will have a uh, harvest press. party. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, thank you.